You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, September 2nd. If you are listening to the podcast in audio form, if you're watching on YouTube, it is Thursday, September 1st. Either way, we are basically a week from NFL football being here. College football kicked off in its full week one fashion on Thursday night, and the NFL is here we're going to do some over-unders on the NFC side of things, I believe. Sure, sounds good. It says football season's almost here. There's no better way to celebrate it than by firing up your CBS Sports Football Pick'em League. CBS Sports Football Pick'em is the best way to step up the competition and fun. Run a custom picks or survivor pool with friends and enter our CBS Sports Challenge for the chance to win guaranteed weekly and season-long prizes, plus the $100,000 jackpot. Get started now at cbssports.com slash play or from the more menu on the CBS Sports app. Once again, that's cbssports.com slash play or the CBS Sports app. No purchase necessary. See rules for detail. Joining me to talk football, the one the only... Jimmy Breach. What's up, John? Brenton, we're less than one week away from real football. We just spent God knows how many weeks talking about not real football, and now we're going to be talking about real football. I'm pretty excited about I love about real it. football. You know, I love you, you know, chocolate is- drinks, and I love real football. Shout out you. You know, this, I think like this is what happens to me. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's like, an, like I get older or whatever thing, but the I feel like the longer we're in this the the more willing I'm I am to wait until closer to the start of football season to get excited. Is that is that is that like a is that a thing with you too, or is that just maybe I'm just I, I don't know if that's like a thing that 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 y'all deal with like you deal with and Wilson deals with too. But it's like you know, it used to be like oh we're a month out from football yes and now I'm like like I ain't getting excited until we get to like you know, the week before and now I'm like all right let's go let's go I'm even Steven I'm steady Eddie it has been Labor Day has been my excitement day for probably the past 10 years where it hits me NFL season is here this week it is going to kick off so I'm still in off season mode for uh two more days through the weekend okay yeah I mean I think the other thing too is like you know I, I, um when I when I sit down with um a couple buddies to watch this NC State ECU game on Saturday which is you know kind of a petrifying game, but whatever. Um, I think it'll sort of settle in then too, because it's like it's Labor Day weekend. You're like, oh my god, like NFL. The NFL season is kicking off quite soon. Um, I also think that now more than I used to be when I was younger, like when when it is when you're younger, I sort of have formulated. Like I, I feel like I kind of formulate my opinions on what I think these team most teams are going to be earlier in the off season. 
and I tend to be less, I tend to stray from that um, formulation a little bit less. I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm being esoteric. I, about I mean, Brenton, the classic Brenton move was just to totally wing your picks and take Cardinals chargers every year in the Super Bowl. And now this year that pick might actually make sense. Who's know what you're going to do. But the thing is, Cardinals chargers. You know, I think you picked that like in 2013 or 2014. It was one of your craziest picks ever. Uh, uh, I did have Cardinals Chargers at one point. I think I had Chargers Cowboys the first year. I and did this you've rode the Chargers bandwagon for you're, so you're a young block Well, you rode it for so long, you can't jump off now when they actually have a chance. But it, you know, I, I think it's funny. No, I'm off the Chargers. It's I'm funny the to hear Brinson say he's basically fully prepped and he knows who he likes and those are the teams he's going to ride. Brinson never says that. He goes with the hot hand. No, this is a new Brinson. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. I, who's to say? Um, are you going to um, – we were talking about this uh, with Wilson. Who is the team that you – there's a team that you're trying to jump on. And by the way, a little, show a little respect. We, we went on time today for some ungodly reason. Um, who, there's a team that we keep – we think you're trying to get all over for a Super Bowl Me? pick. We can't decide, yeah, we can't decide if you're going to commit. Oh my God, this is hilarious that you asked that because no more than three minutes before this podcast start – uh, Jordan Dejani, who is handling our Super Bowl picks, and we'll be publishing that on Friday. So when you listen to this podcast, that story should be out to watch on YouTube on Thursday. It is not out yet. Uh, literally chatted me and said, hey, Breach, can I have your Super Bowl picks already? And so I literally spent this whole week uh, doing my final record so we could do these over-under shows. I have my playoff teams picked, but I can't decide on a Super Bowl. Back in July, I told myself, I think I'm going to pick the Colts to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, but then after going through all these the Colts, the Colts was a team. But, yes. But after going through everything and looking at where they're going to end up and looking at the playoff field, I have talked myself out of it. So I got to talk myself into someone else. It's not going to be the Colts. Okay. And it's not going to be the Bengals. Uh, and it's not because, well, one, I don't want to jinx the Bengals, but also I just don't think uh, an AFC team is going back to back with this loaded conference. Yeah. Uh, I know my AFC team. I'm waffling between two NFC teams. Ooh. We're talking about NFC yeah. teams. Which two? You don't have to tell me. I'll give you which, which three I'm waffling. Okay. All right. Give me your give me your list. Give me your finalist list for NFC teams. And look, it should be noted that the reason I want this information is because last year I was going to go all in on the Rams, and Breach was like, "I'm going to pick the Rams and the Chargers and all the LA Super Bowls." Like that's that's what I was going to do. And so I went to the 49ers. Breach then bailed on the Rams, and no, neither of us had the Rams. And the Rams won it all. Uh, and if since I do like a playoff pick thing, so you can see what I had in each round in my preseason picks, and I had the Rams against the Packers, an NFC title game obviously wasn't the matchup. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just tell me who you're Well, it's the Rams, but I just okay. I can't see a team. Is it the Rams, Packers, and Bucks? Is that what the three It is are? the Rams, <laughs> the Packers. Nope, not the Bucks. I, I just I'm not picking the Bucks. Rams, the Packers, and hold on, let me guess the other one. I have two um, wild cards that don't like. East or West? Um, I'm just no, no hints. 49ers and Eagles. What's close? 49ers and Cowboys. Ooh, okay. So I'm between the 49ers and the Eagles, and I know my AFC team. Ooh, you're gonna pick the Eagles. The Eagles aren't going to the Super Bowl. I just I can't trust uh, I mean, I don't feel I mean that they're pretty loaded. And well, I mean the roster's you know, loaded. I mean, we're gonna talk these over-unders in a second, but we're kind of on the same wavelength. And uh do you want to give us your AFC team? Or you want to I mean by the time this podcast comes out you can probably guess my AFC team. the audio version comes out the story's going to be out i'm going to know your super bowl teams that's good to know that i need to reply to jordan with my super bowl pick what are we supposed to um until the end of the day and then he's 
the story's Super publishing from Money Man. It could be the newsletter too. Was that our Super Bowl picks or our Super Bowl bets? No, your Super Bowl picks. What te- two teams? Oh, I don't remember. Pick two over under windows for years and two Super Bowl team bets along with an explanation for each. Okay. So I think it's saying like, it, like it's not like I could I'll pick, pick two AFC bills. teams here if I like that, you know, like these. Yeah. yeah. So are we, is somebody going to send out a, I guess that would be next week when they'll ask for our picks. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, by the way, do you, I don't know, are you a Steely Dan fan? What? Do you like Steely Dan? I'm not the different. Okay. Well, I've got a Steely Dan hat on, courtesy of Double Wonderful on Instagram. I mean, I bought it from them, but it's a gaucho hat. I'm like, I got a bunch of Steely Dan gear. Which tells you I've really hit a midlife crisis point when I'm wearing a bunch of Steely Dan gear. Uh, anyway, uh, no, my AFC team is the Ravens. Really? Yeah. That is interesting. The Ravens, Eagles, or Ravens 49ers. You you can't Ravens, jump, I know you won't jump on Ravens. The Ravens are going to go from never having made it to an AFC title game with Lamar Jackson to just make it to the Super Bowl. I mean... Lots of people have done that. I guess. I guess. What? Like tons of people. Well, I'm just saying they just don't have a great recent playoff history. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Um, but I'm not here to talk you out of your pick. You go with the Ravens. I, I can't be talking out of my pick. You go with the Ravens. I, you're, here to talk me, you're here to talk to me about NFC Wintos. You go with the Ravens. So we're going to start in the NFC East. Even though they're averaging 15 points per game in playoff games with Lamar. I mean, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do the governors. All right, so we're starting the NFC East, and we're each going to make – all right, do um, we've, we've talked about this ahead of time, but like, we'll, we'll make a pick for each one. How many best bets do you want to come out of here with? Uh, you know, win totals, there's 16 teams, maybe five, three, four, or five. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking somewhere between three okay, and five. I'm not, like, I'm not going to have 10 best bets. I don't think you need to force five, but if, if there are, if you're like, like sort of scribble down your finalists and we can give out our best bets at the end, unless you know one, there's a best bet while we're going. Okay. I'm going to do the same as soon as I can find a pen, which one would think that an adult, adult, a, a grown adult would keep at his desk, but I'm barely a grown adult. So there you go. I guess I, guess I could write him down on this computer thing in front of me. <laughs> yeah. So the Dallas Cowboys, we'll start there. Big D, the favorite to win the NFC East, although erroneously the favorite in my opinion. And I, I wouldn't be shocked given that Tyron Smith is going to be out until. I believe it. They said they said December now, right? 
Um, Tyron Smith out until out through November, basically, is the expectation. But they might um, sign Jason Cowboys Peters. The they might send Jason Peters. Sure, that's fine. I mean, Tyron Smith is a is a anyway. Point being is that the Cowboys are the Cowboys are the favorite. I think the Eagles should be the favorite. Maybe they close as the favorite. We'll see. The Cowboys over under is ten and a half. The over is plus one thirty at Caesars. The under minus one fifty five. John Breach, your thoughts on this total? Uh, the Cowboys. Fairly obvious, by the way, which, which way Vegas thinks this will come. Right. And, uh, you know, one obvious problem with the Cowboys is uh, their offensive line, which is a huge problem. You don't want to have this close to the start of the season. It's not even just the Tyron Smith stuff. Uh, they're replacing Lael Collins. They're replacing Connor Williams. They're, so now you're looking at three new offensive linemen minimum. Um and they just don't have a lot of depth. And that scares me. That scares me, Brinson. I don't love picking a team where a quarterback is going to get slaughtered all season. And yes, we saw it with Joe Burrow. But you know what Joe Burrow had? He had Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, uh, and Jamar Chase. So he had one of the best receiving trios. The Cowboys just got rid of Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup's not going to be on the field in week one, according to Jerry Jones. So it's literally going to be Dak Prescott either handing the ball off to Zeke Elliott, who might not be the best running back on the team, or throwing it to, what, CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. So it just seems like until they get this offensive line situation uh, figured out that there could be some struggles here. Um, I am – so, again, I, I do my record picks in July, and then I do them a week before the season just to see how my mentality changes. And I initially had the Cowboys hitting the over, but now I officially have them going under. I think they're going to go 10-7. and seven. Uh, so I, I don't love it because, again, I think they could win 11 games. But just with all the offensive line issues, I like the under here. Yeah, I mean, the juice here is not – I mean, I, you don't want to lay minus 155 in the under. Um, just because – I mean, like that's just a lot of juice for an under. But if you look at just sort of the direction the Cowboys have, have gone this offseason, it's, it's kind of hard to get enthused about taking the over. They open up against Tampa – who's got you know, offensive line issues of their own, but you know has, I think, a major advantage in terms of you know overcoming issues because of Tom Brady. No offense to Dak Prescott. I mean, Tom Brady's the GOAT. And also, they, they Brady has, has actual receivers to throw to. That too. Well, I mean, look, I mean, Jalen Tolbert, Dalton Schultz, and CeeDee Lamb is not that bad. It's not Mike Evans, I like Scott Jalen, Lynn, Toyo like- Jones, Russell Gage, and... Cameron break. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, I mean, the, the Cowboys have enough talent at receiver where they'll be okay, but Bucks, Bengals at home, at Giants, Washington at home, and then it's like at Rams, at Eagles, Lions, Bears at home. So I, I'm thinking they split with the Bucks and Cincy. I guess I'll give them a win in New York. I mean, God, they could easily be three and one heading, and then let's say three and three, five and three, they're by, then they're at Green Bay, at Minnesota. That feels like two L's, but, I mean, they, they could split. Giants, Colts, Texans at home in a row. One of those, the Giants is on uh, Thanksgiving. So I think I've got them at three and five. I'm going to give them all three. I'll say two and one. So I'm going to say six and five. And then at Jacksonville, Philly at home, at Tennessee, at Washington to close out. I may have done the math wrong here. Um, I think I would take the under, but I don't. I don't think I would make it a best bet because that's a lot of juice. Like I, I, like you said, I think the Cowboys are somewhere between a nine, ten, eleven win team. 
if 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 th- if everything breaks right, their schedule is easy enough where if things break right, they can win eleven games. Absolutely, they would be outrageous. Washington and New York could be horrible. I mean, Joe Shane came out and said that they're just this the hand we're dealt. You're like, what are you gonna do? Like, we're just gonna. I mean, like, it sounds like they, the Giants are aware they could stink. So, I'm not entirely enthused about taking this under at minus one fifty five. But if I had to bet, if I do make a pick on this, I would take. In fact take the under and the other thing about the Cowboys is that no matter how they've played they have just dominated uh the division right and so it's just how do you like, like if they split with the Eagles they probably get out of here with a minimum of four wins in the division four and two if you split with the Eagles you probably go four or two worst case in the division right and so I, I mean that's a huge deal because you're talking about a team I think is 13 and five uh, over the past three seasons against the division. And two of those seasons, last year they went six and oh, and 2019 they went five and one. So it just feels like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they go four and two against the division, they also have games at home against the Lions, Bears, and Texans. So that feels like they could get to seven really quickly. So we both, and then like the under at Jacksonville, at Tennessee. You could steal one at home against Indy. I mean, I'm just saying they could get to 11 and it wouldn't be shocking. It's a little too close for me where I wouldn't want to take that minus 155 because if they come out to a hot start, like if they beat the Bengals and the Bucks at home, you're feeling, you're terrified about that. That under. Right. So we both like. Let's move to the field. Like no, no Not a best bet. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah. I mean, like I would. Yeah. If the, if the under was minus 120, I would be all over it. The Philadelphia Eagles over under nine and a half. And this is correlated to the Cowboys over under as well. Like it's, you see the Cowboys juice on the under 10 and a half has been building instead of it moving. The Eagles juice on the over nine and a half has been building over nine and a half minus 140, under nine and a half plus 118. Um, this will be a best bet of mine. I told you I, I like the Eagles as a possible Super Bowl contender. Um, when I, uh, when I like five minutes ago or <laughs> 10 minutes ago, whatever it was uh, so over nine and a half for the Eagles is a, is an easy bet uh, for me breach. I mean, I, I look, there are a lot of people out there who don't believe in Jalen hurts. Me. That's okay. Me. Yeah. Well, that's fine. If you, if you don't want to believe in Jalen hurts, that's okay. But the reality is if he takes to me, it's, it's unfair how Jalen hurts is being treated relative to other young quarterbacks. It's like, Oh, well, Jalen hurts can't take a leap. It's like, well, why not? Why, why can't Jalen Hurts be the young second-year quarterback who takes a big leap? The third-year quarterback. Third-year quarterback, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah, third-year. Second-year starter. But second-year's full-time starter who takes a leap, right? I, I mean, it's just it's assumed, like, it's assumed that Jalen Hurts is – it's like, well, he's hit his ceiling because we've seen him so well. He's 24 years old. He'll turn 25 in, on August 7th. But I mean, this is a young quarterback who – is fully capable of taking a step forward as a passer behind a really a loaded offensive line with AJ Brown added and Devontae Smith in his second season. Dallas Goddard, full-time role. If you extrapolate his stats without after Zach Ertz got traded, he's going to be huge this year. Um, and then that defense is looks like maybe one of the best defenses they've had since 2017. Again, they get to play Jacksonville, Houston. Houston's on the road. That's fine. Indy's on the road. They draw Green Bay at home, which is massive. At the Bears is a, is a stealable game. They're at the Lions to start the season. I think you look at their schedule. 
at Lions, I, I, I think they'll win that game, but the Lions could certainly upset them. Vikings at home in uh, Monday Night Football, at Washington, Jacksonville at home, at Arizona, at Dallas. I don't think it's outrageous to suggest that they start worst case four and two. Yeah, I, I mean, five, six and zero is not out of the question when you look at. Yeah, exactly. and if they are five and one. You're cashing this ticket. The Vikings, early. the Monday night game is at home. We all know about Kirk Cousins' woes in prime time, especially on Monday night. The Cardinals aren't going to have DeAndre Hopkins back yet, and that Cowboys game is at home. And so it does feel like that six and zero is not out of the question. Uh, but like you said, just if they fell on their face and lost that game to the Lions, I don't think we would be totally surprised. It's yeah. so it's just. I, if they lose, if they lose at Detroit in Week One, I'm not changing my mind about this over. Now, at that point, maybe, and we've seen Vegas offering alternate over uh, win totals during the season, or like redone win, win totals during the season. I bet the 49ers last year and cash that. Um, if they offer an early Eagles, like after Week One, after Lions lost, they offer like an eight and a half. I would take it. Um, Eagles, my over nine and a half is one of my best bets for sure. You can go lock that in. I don't need to wait on that one. Yeah, I have the Eagles winning the division. I'm not as high on them as you are. I'm not going to have them win the Super Bowl. But I do think they are going to win the division. I just think their schedule, you know, we talked about the front end, but just that it sets up. There's no brutal stretch, you know, where yep. you just see like, oh, man, they might lose four games in a row. There is a stretch in around Thanksgiving where they play the Colts, Packers, and Titans in a row. But yeah, you're breaching breaking up a little bit. Yes, there is a stretch where they have the Colts, Packers, and Titans um, and, and over, over the Thanksgiving stretch. And then they're at Giants, at Bears, at Cowboys for a three-game stretch. But like... If you're going to be on the road for three straight road games at Giants at Bears is a pretty good start because you're not going very far at all. And you're playing teams that you don't think are going to be that great. Yes. And then the Cowboys is indoors and nice and sunny. Right. Moving along. The Washington. The art. I'm going to start calling them the artists formerly known as WFT. The Commandos. No, no. I'm going to start calling them, quote, the artists formerly known as WFT. And I'm calling them Commandos. All right. Oh, Commandos. Right, fine. Commodores. Uh, they're over under seven and a half at Caesars slash William Hill. The over minus 125. The under plus 105. Um, I foolishly took the over on this team's win total last year. I, I was looking at Jordan Dijani's link from last year. I was like, oh my God, what a dumb dumb. Uh, I don't know why that was what I was in. I don't know why I was all in on the Washington football team. They weren't very good. I guess you'd be a little bit more bullish on them this year, maybe because they added Carson Wentz. I, I do think you know, whatever, Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, as much as we like to joke that he's not on this podcast. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know, I don't know what to make of, of this team, really, to be honest. I think they're going to lose week one to the Jaguars. I know that. But the thing that scares me about taking an under with them is you mentioned that first game against Jacksonville. The second game is against Detroit. So it is completely within the realm of possibility that they start 2-0. And then they only need... Breach, Breach, why don't you jump out and jump back in real quick? But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'll filibuster while you do that. Yeah, I mean, what Breach is trying to say is that you look at the schedule for the, the, the Commodores, and it's Jacksonville at home, at Detroit, and then Philly at home. I mean, three and zero isn't out of the realm of possibility. I mean, that, obviously, that would be bad for the Philly over here. But you know, Detroit's a frisky team. Everyone loves Detroit. Hard knocks, you know, high expectations. But it's not that crazy to suggest that um, Jacksonville would 
I mean, that Washington would start three and O heading to da- at Dallas, where maybe the Cowboys get a little beat up in the first three weeks of the season. Uh, you know, yeah, CD lamb, like a, I don't know, I'm just saying like ankle sprain. And all of a sudden the, you know, Dallas is kind of, you know, the offensive line is a bigger problem. I'm pointing to your point, breach that like, I don't think three of those out of the question for Washington. And then they only need five more wins. Yeah. And like Dallas could be all banged up in week four. They get Tennessee at home. Then they're at Chicago. It's, you know, they get their Houston at Houston. They get Atlanta at home at, you know, they play the giants twice, obviously the Browns late in the season, which is unfortunate because Deshaun should be back. Um, you you can there's it's not an easy path but there's definitely a path to eight wins for this team, and I would not want to take the under but that would be my lean. I would not take the over but I, I would not want to. You know what I'm saying? Like I like I would lean towards the under but I would not want to bet it. Yeah, that's how I feel. Why don't you talk a little bit more about it so we can get your volume up? Oh my goodness, Princeton! I think that this team could be good. They won the division two years ago. There you go. Now, That's good. Why don't we move on to the Giants now? Well, now they have Carson Wentz. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know what Carson Wentz we're getting. If it's Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz somehow won nine games with the Colts last year. And so, uh, yeah, this is a, a an over-under. I also lean under, but I would stay far away from this. I don't, yeah, like if you're betting the over-under of Washington, you're putting your hands in the, like you're putting your fate in the hands of Carson Wentz. And I just don't have any interest in doing that. Neither do I. The New York football giants over under seven. The giants are, you know, um, I don't want to question whatever Caesars is doing, but just, well, just group the organize the win totals in some fashion. Am I, am I missing something? How these are organized? You know, I thought they were alphabetically, but that it's is not alphabetical. It's not by conference. It's not by division. It's not by win total. It's, I don't, I don't know what it is. Just like, like, I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, the Giants over seven plus one hundred five. The Giants under seven minus one twenty five. What's your initial lean here, Breach? Uh, my initial lean is the under. I feel like the Giants have the worst roster in the NFC East, uh, unless Brian Dable pulls some sort of miracle with Daniel Jones. It's I have a hard time seeing the Giants getting to eight wins, and so maybe um, you get lucky and get to that push at seven, but I just cannot see the team getting to eight wins. So Joe Sh- Joe Shane, the Giants GM, met with the media on uh, t- t- Thursday, September first, and there's a great picture from Ralph Vacchia- Vacciano of um, actually I think he he sw- he's not with the New York I can't remember where he went somewhere else anyway, um, and it's just Joe Shane is just like this he's like he's looking very if you're not watching on YouTube he's looking very solemn and the quote is on expectations for the 2022 season quote. We're just trying to get through today. The situation we're in is the situation. It's the hand we were dealt. We're going to do the best we can. You can't take the over on on a team whose GM is saying that. You cannot. Yeah. And and you know what? To his point, literally this whole first year is mop-up duty and you're cleaning up the mess that the old regime left you. Yes, correct. So it's not your fault you're going to stink. It's it's the old people who were there before. It's Gettleman and uh, all the coaches they went through. So, and I was reading something from Jordan Ronan of uh, ESPN as well, where it's like it's ba- like basically like Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony are. I mean, <laughs> like they're just there because they're uncuttable. 
Their contracts are insane. Dude, they're uncuttable because they were either drafted in the first round last year like Tony or they're guaranteed $18 million this year like Kenny Galladay. So, like, the only reason they're on the roster is because they're just uncuttable. Uh, they open at Tennessee, Carolina at home, Dallas at home, Chicago at home. I mean, then they're at Green Bay, Baltimore at home, at Jacksonville, at Seattle. Like, that little stretch right there of where they have Carolina and Chicago at home, at Jacksonville, at Seattle, if they don't win those four games – this is a stone cold under lock because most of the division games, uh, one against Dallas, two against Washington, two against Philly come after the bye. Um, they do get Houston and, and Detroit at home. Like th- there's definitely a path where this team goes over seven wins, but I ain't taking it. And there's also a path where they go way under. Yes. There's a path where they go way under and finish with a, um, a, a, t- a top overall pick. And I don't think that this regime would be necessarily upset with that. Because if you finish with the first overall pick, you go to you go to the owners owners in New York. You say, "Look, we, you know, we told you this is a big mess. We had to clean it up. Daniel Jones isn't the guy. We now have a plethora of options at the top of the draft to pick from. Let's let's do that. Um, okay, let's move along to a another division. The Packers over under eleven wins for the Green Bay Packers. They're over is stinking thing. Caesar's throwing me a bone here. Thank you, Nada. Uh, the Green Bay Packers over 11 is minus 105. They're under 11 is minus 115. It feels to me, Breach, like the Packers win total is, and really anything about the Packers is like largely predicated, is like largely built on Devontae Adams departing. Right. It, it, there's two. So I would, I guess I would leave 11's two. I wish it was 10 and a half. Ten and a half, I would love the over. But uh, 11 is a lot of games. They've won 13 games in each of the first three seasons, I believe, right? Um, yeah, with Matt Four. So they're 39 and 10. I keep saying 39 and 9. They were 13 and 4 last year? Yes. So 39 and 10. Yes. They 13 games every year. Opened up at Minnesota. Chicago at home, at Tampa Bay. New England at home. Play the Giants in London at Hot Spa, Tottenham Stadium. The Jets at home. Oh my God! I mean, they're start. They might start. I mean, five, six and zero, five and one, four and two. I mean, four and two would be a miserable start for them. You lose at Minnesota, at Tampa, I guess. They're at the Bills later. At at the. I mean, they own the Lions. You get the Cowboys at home. The Titans at home. At the Eagles. At the Bears. Rams at home after a late buy at Miami, Minnesota, and Detroit at home to close out. Um, you know, I, this is a different approach they're taking this year. They want to really run the football and play great defense. But I still think the passing game will be perfectly fine with Aaron Rodgers. They have enough weapons. where He's not going to fall off. Like, he, he, you know, we've had plenty of motivation for Aaron Rodgers the last two years in the form of Jordan Love. Now the motivation is people questioning Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think I would take the over 11 because that's just a lot of wins, but I would not take the under, that's for sure. Yeah, I think I would lean over here. This is like if you played someone in tennis and they beat you left-handed, and after the match, you find out they're actually right-handed, so they could have beat you even worse. And that's what it feels like with the Packers. We're like, you know what? We're going to run the ball, even though we have... Uh, two-time reigning MVP back here who can throw the ball all over you. And that's the advantage that the Packers have is because Aaron Rodgers can have time to get comfortable with his receivers in these games because he doesn't have to throw it 
50 times a game for this team to be good. Their defense is good. They can run the ball. And so he'll have a, a warming period, an acclimation period with, with, with his receivers. And yeah, I mean, the over is just so high. It's not something I love, but I do think they're going to hit the over. And by the way, we've agreed on everyone so far. Uh, there you go. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Well, it's just one, one, one division. A lot of times you feel, a lot of times if you feel a certain way about it, you know, certain way about two teams in the division, it, it, it goes lockstep with the other ones. Um, Minnesota Vikings over under nine wins. Sort of annoying that they're not moving this to like nine. I mean, a lot of, I mean, a lot of push opportunities here, but whatever. Uh, over nine minus one thirty five. Under nine plus one fifteen. I would have a very strong lean, I believe, towards the over here. Um, I'm I'm very bullish on the Vikings offense with new head coach Kevin O'Connell. You know, we saw with Mike Zimmer running things that this offense could be explosive, but it was almost accident or almost only explosive when it needed to be instead of being aggressively explosive. And then allowing, you know, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and some of the younger backs they've got now to close out the game by running the ball. So I, I think that Kevin O'Connell will sort of reverse engineer what Mike Zimmer did. And if they do that, there's no reason this team shouldn't score plenty of points. The question becomes, can the defense be as good as it was when Zimmer w- had things rolling? I would guess no, only because I think that Zimmer is a really good defensive coach, but there's enough talent here where this team can be a a, 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 a average to above average defensive team. Yeah, so. absolutely. And, you know, again, this team went eight and nine last season, and eight of those nine losses were by one score. So, I mean, we're talking about week one. They lost in overtime against the Bengals. They're driving down. Dalvin Cook fumbles. He never fumbles. Bengals kick a game-winning field goal. Boom, game over. Week two, Greg Joseph misses like a 36-yard field goal. Boom, the Vikings are 0-2, could easily be 2-0. and And when you keep losing close games, that kind of falls on coaching. You know, you can only pin – in close games, are usually a toss-up. So if you played eight one-score games, you probably should have gone 4-4. Four and four. And if they win those two games, they go, what, 10-7 and seven last year. And so I think the Vikings are a lot better. Uh, this might end up being one of my best bets as we go through these. I- I'm really, really high on the Vikings this year. Uh, but I don't think they're better than the Packers, but I could see them winning 10 or 11 games. Everyone, Jalen Rager. They got, they got Jalen. That's right. Jalen. That's right. The Vikings did actually trade for, we mentioned that on during um, Tuesday's podcast, when we were talking about the, uh, the the cut deadline, the Vikings actually did trade for Jalen Rager and the Seahawks did end up re-signing J-Jaw to their practice squad, forcing uh, both guys to sit next to the guy who was drafted after them that is substantial, like a billion times better, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's quite funny. Um, I open up at, with the Packers at home. I think it. I mean, obviously they can win that game. It's a very, it's a close line. I, I think Green Bay gets it, but with the, a lot of it, it'll be hard to say with a lot of adjustments uh, being made. The then they're at the Eagles, Lions at home, at the Saints, Bears at home, at the Dolphins. Sort of an up and down, crazy schedule. Had, they had, man, they had the Jets and the Giants at home and the Colts at the Lions on the back end. They have a lot of winnable games in that back end of that thing. I would take the over here. I, that might, I might, I'm going to put them in as a best bet for right now. What? Vikings oh, over nine God. minus one. I reserve the right to take that out. I'll, we'll list our full best bets at the end. But I'm, that's on my list that I'm, I'm putting out there. All right. The Detroit Lions over under six and a half. The over, I believe, is minus 155. 
Yeah, it's a big number. The um the Lions are like the offseason darling. Oh, minus 140 now. It's way down. So over six and a half, minus 140, under six and a half, plus 118. The fighting Dan Campbell's getting a lot of love because of just sort of the way they've approached the offseason. They're on hard knocks. They fought so hard. They're they're very lovable. For once in a long time, the Lions are very lovable. Are you loving them? I, uh, you know, I love hard knocks and I love Dan Campbell. Uh, And, you know, I even love Jared Goff, but I do not love the Lions. I love the parts, but I don't love the whole. Um, I, I just, I'm not buying the hard knocks. Hype. I always get sucked into the hard knocks teams, Brent. It happens every single year. I'm not letting it happen this year. Uh, I, I I'm going to take the under here. I think the lions get to probably six wins. I haven't going six and 11. So that's a nudge under. I definitely wouldn't make this a best bet because I could see them getting to seven or eight, but, uh, I mean, you just look at this schedule, especially the back half after the bye, where they have to play the Cowboys, the dolphins, the Packers, the bills, um, Packers twice after the bye, and so yeah, they could easily win, surprise some people, especially because you know they have the Commanders, they have the Seahawks the first few weeks of the season, they could pick up a few wins, but yeah, I, I just think six wins is how I'm feeling about them right now. So, right at the over under, so I'm leaning under here. If everybody could talk about their tough losses last year, they went 313 and one. The Pythag, you know, their, their expected point, their expected win total based on their points for points against. Um, 5.1. So it's like, I mean, they definitely underachieved, but not like so drastically that you would definitely have to take the over here. I, this is a pass for me. I would think I would take the under at six and a half. I, I, I think it's probably a market inflation, but I don't want to bet against the Lions because I do kind of like them. A team I will <laughs> definitely bet against the Chicago Bears. They are, they have one of the easiest schedules in football this year, but it doesn't matter when you have one of the worst rosters in football. And that's what the Bears have. Their over under has dropped down to six. It was six and a half, which was an absolute slam dunk. It is now six minus one fifteen to the under, minus one oh five to the over. Um, look, you look at this roster, and there's just not much there. I mean, Justin Fields is probably a blue chip prospect. I mean, like you you could build around him, but I don't know if this current regime wants to. His receiving core is Darnell Mooney, Equinomia St. Brown, Byron Pringle, Velas Jones Jr., Dante Pettis. And then he has Cole Komet, Ryan Griffin, and Trevon Wesco at tight end. So I don't see how this offense does much of anything. You know, maybe Luke Getzey's a, a, a mastermind. And, you know, he certainly has the chops, uh, you know, to, to suggest that he could be a good offensive coordinator, but I, I, we, we haven't seen it yet. Um, there's, like, nobody on defense. I mean, they have Roquan Smith, who's a stud. Robert Quinn is, is, is played really well last year, but is extremely old. And Jalen Johnson is a stud. Eddie Jackson's had some good runs. They've got some decent second round players that they picked up this past year, but there's, there's, they lost Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. Their run defense is going to be horrendous. No offense to my boy, Justin Jones. Give me the under as a stone cold lock. Yeah, I like, I agree with you. Uh, you just literally said everything. I don't, I don't know how anyone could take the over here. Even if you like the bears, even if you're a bears fan, even if you're Tom Fernelli or Joe Musso, or one of the dozens and dozens of Bears fans that we work with because they have infiltrated this company. I don't see how you could be optimistic enough to take the over. Yep, under is on my best bets list right now. What else is on my best bets? Best bets list. Best bets list. We will tell you next coming up, or we'll tell you after coming up after the break. Next. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present a mountain of Zen. 
This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. The NFC South looked. Oh, and as Breach points out in Slack, the Bears are skeptical that David Montgomery fits their new offense. Great. That's from Dan Graziano from ESPN. And that's another thing. Like that, that's one of your star offensive players. And if you don't have receivers to throw to, you have to run the ball. And if you're skeptical that your top running back doesn't fit your offense, that's a huge problem. I feel like there's a decent chance that R- Ryan Poles, I hate the fact that they have Ryan and Matt as their new head coach and, or GM and head coach because there's the old ones. It's just confusing. I think there's a decent chance that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus want to blow this whole thing up. And have no problem with Justin Fields being terrible this year, and them drafting a quarterback in the top. Gonna quietly think. I, was, I don't talk about. It. Don't talk about. I don't it. know if it's quietly. I think it's just like, hey, we suck. Don't worry about it. Um, the Buccaneers lead the way in the AFC or the NFC South. Excuse me. They are their over under is eleven and a half. The under heavily juiced minus one forty. My goodness, the over plus one eighteen. Um, I don't think that I'm going to mess with. Oh, Jesus. Um, Adam Schefter tweeting about the Ravens mascot suffered a season ending knee injury. Come on, man. He tore his ACL. That's, I don't need a blow like, to Baltimore season. In, in, like, I don't need, like, that's, I don't need the, the injury bugs already biting Brinson. We saw it last preseason. Little Poe going down. Prayers up, Poe. Prayers up the Prayers Poe. up the Poe. Um, I'm not taking the under on, Tom, on a Tom Brady team in a fairly weak division, but that, but 11 and a half is so high. It feels like the books would much rather move this down to 11, but don't want to offer up that the possibility. So, I mean, like th- this is what, this is the new normal for, for sports books, by the way, they're not going to move the number. They do this with the draft too. They're just going to move the juice. So like they don't want you betting on the under of the bucks. They're just going to move the juice to where it's like, it's not like very bettable. I don't know how I feel about the Buccaneers. I hate I hate betting against Tom Brady is really what it comes down to. And you look at what he's done in his two seasons there. And obviously, uh, I don't know, he won a Super Bowl and then finished with tied for the best record in 2021. So they were actually two games better last year than they were in 2020 year. They won the Super Bowl. And so, you know, you hate taking the under, but that's just that's where I am right now. There's just too many issues for there's off the offensive line is a mess. He lost his favorite guy in Gronk. Uh, you know, Chris, not a hundred percent for week one. Godwin's coming off ACL. Mike Evans missed multiple weeks of training camp with an injury. It's just like, you know, they're not in total disarray. And Tom Brady, head coach, who's who's yeah, done before, but like Todd Bowles is not exactly like Bruce Arians. I don't think Todd Bowles is gonna. I mean, I guess Todd Bowles won't have total. I mean, he might not even have final say on like what offense they're gonna run. But I mean, it's just not gonna be as like wide open as Bruce Arians was. I would be shocked at that. And like you just said, those opening four games, Cowboys, Saints, Packers, Chiefs, it is not out of the realm of possibility that they start 0-4. And, and if that happens, Tom Brady already seems like halfway checked out. Uh, you know, about that. We saw that press conference. He's never like that. He's always jovial and happier. At least has a smile on his face. He looked dejected. And so if they start 0-4, is he just going to be like, all right, you know what? I'm retired. You guys do whatever you want. I'll be back in March when I'm a free agent and si- or a whole play six. I don't know, but it's just, well, they have even, to play even well. let's say even you get through that two and two, which is totally possible, but I mean, man, Packers and chiefs at home and that at Cowboys at Saints. I mean, I mean, let's say, all right, let's say hypothetically they start own four, they beat the Falcons at home. They beat the Steelers and Panthers on the road. They're now three and four. 
but then they lose at home to the Ravens and the Rams before beating the Seahawks in Germany. I mean, like that's not an unreasonable like way to start before the bye, right? No, that's not. So you'd be you'd be four and six going into the bye, and maybe that over under is dead. You would have to win. It's dead. Yeah, I mean, I, that's- I think I think the under would be the play here, but I don't really want to take it. Because I mean, it's not it's not outrageous that they beat the Cowboys, beat the Saints, and then hold serve at home, and they're four and zero. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah it, it is. I mean, it, you go two and two in the first four. I mean, that's that's kind of the key to making this over hit. And then you know, you get the Browns out of the bye. They won't have Deshaun Watson back yet. Uh, but then you get that brutal Saints, 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, like you said, if you're four and six, then. The over is tanked. Yeah, I like the under here. I, I would probably lean under, but again, like they could start five and zero, oh, and you're toast on that under because they're winning. They're winning twelve or thirteen games. Um, also, I have. A, I'm not going to make this a bet because I have a bunch of Bucks futures um, to win the division, which is now Ooh. concerning because of that schedule, because of all these injuries, and because suddenly the New Orleans Saints look like an interesting team at. A win total of eight and a half over minus 130 under plus 110. The Saints, of course, added a lot this offseason. Except they lost Sean Payton. Wait, am I they, who's the um how am I somehow missing the player they drafted in the Stockrenton? What are your words? Use your words. Who's the wait? Didn't they, wait, didn't they draft is it? Where's the offensive lineman they drafted in the first round? Who was it? This year, Travis uh, Fenning. He's he's out. He's got an on IR already. Yeah. Okay, I missed the IR designation there. Sorry. Um, I was looking on the the depth chart. I was like, um, we're missing somebody. They did. They have Chris Olave as well. Michael Michael Thomas back. Marcus Callaway there. Tricon Smith. Jarvis Landry added. Alvin Kamara doesn't look like he's going to be suspended. They added Mark Ingram. Man, I mean. The offense, if Jameis Winston, if Pete Carmichael can do what be, you know, 70% of, you know, let's say 80% of Sean Payton in terms of play calling, which I guess is not out of control, then this is a very interesting offense. The offensive line looks like it could be more than competent. And defensively, they do have a plenty of pieces. They added, you know what's really interesting about this team, Breach? They added, uh, I don't know if you heard of this guy. Tyron Mathieu. The Honey Badger this offseason, but they also added Jarvis Landry. Like those are two of the biggest like LSU guys in recent right. memories. And like they're going to be juiced up to play in, in this in this uh, in these in the Saints uniforms every single week. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I said this on a podcast. I think last week, Andy Dalton of all people in the world said this is one of the best teams he's played for. And ha ha ha, because he played for the Bengals. Well, that's but he played because he played for the he Bengals. played on a Bengals team. <laughs> I know I already beat myself to the joke. I already laughed. I did the ha ha ha. So you don't have to do the sound bite. But Andy Dalton literally played for five teams, went to went, played for a team that went to the playoffs five years in a row. So he does know what a good football team looks like. Andy Dalton doesn't seem like a guy who uh, goes around just spouting hyperbole. So it, I think that hearing Andy Dalton say that is very interesting. I think this team is stacked and it really comes down to it's kind of like the Eagles where it just depends how you feel about their quarterback situation. Um, I, I think the Saints overhits, but I don't know how much I trust it. Uh, just because you know Jameis is coming off a torn ACL. Maybe if Andy Dalton goes in there, I'll pound the over. But yeah, I like the over. I'm leaning over. I, I think the over is a play here. 
unless I mean, I was sort of down on it before, but I mean, unless Jameis is just a, oh God, I'm talking myself. I'm talking myself out of the box. The it's so easy to talk yourself out of the box and into like the Saints and the Panthers. Um, I think the over is definitely a play here, but I'll, I'm gonna put it on the short list mainly because it's like you look at this roster and it's just a lot better roster than you sort of thought about because of some of the attrition they had. I just think the vibes that man, Tyron Matthew being back in New Orleans, Jarvis Landry there. This team's going to come out amped up every single week. And if Olave is great, Michael Thomas is finally back and like in a good headspace. The offense. Oh man, I know Kamara suspension. This team is interesting. I'm gonna put it on the short list. Carolina Panthers over under six and a half. Panthers have dramatically shifted in terms of how people look at them over the last few weeks, months, whatever it is, since uh, Baker Mayfield got there. And yeah, understandable. The over-under has sort of settled in at six and a half, minus 110 on both sides. I think you like the Panthers over. We had a weird talk about that during the course of the- I don't like it. I love it. I'm not. I'm not going to love it because I think there's a couple. Like it wouldn't. It would take one or two things going wrong for this to just a dramatic, like drastically. Afford. Okay, let me ask you this: They play the Browns week one. We know that Baker Mayfield wants to beat when? the Browns by 75 points. Okay, when? they play. They play the Giants in week two. When? Then they have three straight home games. Saints. Mm, could be a win. They, they split with the Saints last year when mm. they were t- terrible. Uh, Cardinals. Was, they they blew out the Saints in. In Charlotte last year. And week two. Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. That, it's winnable, right? Yeah, for sure. They can be start 4 out easily. And then the 49ers, where if Trey Lance is struggling to start the season, they could come in uh, just in total disarray. I don't think that's – I think the 49ers game and then the Rams game are not – so they, they start they, – let's say they start 3-1. and one. I think that's reasonable, right? Okay. You start 3-1. and one, you lose the 49ers, lose at the Rams, lose at the Buccaneers. So you're three and four. I, I will give them a sweep over the Bengals. I mean, excuse me, a sweep over the Falcons and a loss to the Bengals. So you're three and four. Now you're five and five. Five and five. And you just at need Ravens loss, Broncos loss. But at five I'm, and five, I mean, you only need two more wins the rest of the season. I know. And you get the Steelers and the Lions at home. And, at and you have the Seahawks. You still have the Seahawks. Yeah. <sighs> I know. I, I can't. Do I don't it, want to go like um, you're going under. I'm putting you down for the under. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm under. just not taking anything. I, if if without Baker, this under was a slam dunk. Uh, with Baker, well, what, which way would you lean? I got to I got to have you down. I for would lean there. a little over, but I don't want to. I mean, I just think their offensive line is totally rebuilt. Bradley Bozeman got injured, but now he's supposed to be available for Week One. He's probably the best center in that division now. Uh, and then uh, Austin Corbett, they just signed at guard. Like they revamped the no, offensive. It's, it's, it's the best offensive line they had in a while. McCaffrey, everybody's kind of banking. On, they got to have McCaffrey for the full season. And Icky Aquanu, let's not forget. So you're talking about three new starters in the offensive line. And yeah. yes, Christian McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, Baker can just dump the ball off to him while he's trying to get comfortable throwing to the other guys yeah, downfield. And they got they got some weapons with Robbie Moore. I mean Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, no doubt about it. Falcons over under five. Five seconds to talk about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, this you cannot take the Falcons over. <laughs> you just can't. Sorry, not. I should give you no more time. Uh, you know uh, what? It, it, the crazy thing about the Falcons is that, like, 
I would love to see Marcus Mariota have a huge year. You, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't even think it has a chance of happening. But I would love if the Falcons came out and surprised people just because everyone does think they're going to be terrible. But, you know, you get Mariota with Arthur Smith, who was with him in Tennessee. So he's familiar with his skill set. And I, I think that there's at least a possibility that they could surprise people, maybe win five or six games. But like you just said, you can't put actual money on the over. Uh, by the way, this uh, Nick Underhill just tweeted that the St. Safety Marcus Mayor was arrested this morning for aggravated assault with a firearm per source. Well, that's not good. That doesn't help matters. That could be a six-game suspension pretty quickly. Falcons over under five, under minus 145, over plus 122. I mean, look, um, we've talked about the Falcons on here before. By the way, Pick 6 Podcast loves the Falcons. They did our uh, snakes, rattlesnakes, uh, Landmine thing that I came up with, not Ryan Wilson. I remember when you came up with that. I can't believe Wilson tries to take credit for it. It's just pathetic that he tries to steal it from me. Um, there's some pieces on the offensive line, but Jake Matthews is a 2014 pick. Lindstrom McGarry didn't pan out. Kyle Pitts is a monster. Drake London could be great. I hope Marcus Mariota has a renaissance under Arthur Smith. Um, in, in, in like, you know, but it's just, there ain't lots on defense here. And they're just, I mean, I think they end up playing Desmond Ritter plenty to see what they have. AJ Terrell's great. Grady Jarrett's fantastic, but he's definitely old. I mean, obviously older. I don't see how, I don't see, I don't see a path to over here. I agree with that. Um, I just, I'm going to put in Falcons under five minus 140 is, is a possibility. Um, Let's move to the NFC West. Brinton, I okay, this is just getting too. I don't think we've disagreed on anything yet, and we are 12 teams in. We need to have some big disagreements here. That's probably not gonna happen. Rams over under 10 and a half. Training champion, Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Of course, they lost Von Miller, and maybe more importantly, um guys. <laughs> uh the left tackle who played in Cincinnati. Andrew uh, Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth. Thank you. Um, the, just, of course, you would blank on a former Bengals player. Of course. They added Allen Robinson this offseason. Still have, I mean, they still have a loaded team. You know, Which is sport. one of the sneaky best signings of the offseason, getting Allen Robinson when you already have Cooper Cup. Yeah. And he's like such a great compliment to Cooper Cup, too. And they could even get Odell Beckham back as well. We'll see how that plays out. They open up with the Bills at home, the Falcons at home, at Cardinals, at Niners, Cowboys at home, Panthers at home. I feel like bare minimum, that is, I think they win, even if they lose to the Bills, which I, I don't I think I don't think they're gonna do. They're gonna go, they're gonna win four of those four and two worst case scenario going into the bye. San Francisco at home, at Tampa, Arizona at home. At New Orleans, at KC, sheesh. Seattle, Vegas, and at home, and then at Green Bay, Denver at home, at the Chargers, and at Seattle. And, and you know, one thing about their schedule is that from the start of the season in September, they don't they only leave the state of California one time in the month of September and October combined. So there's little to no travel, which is rare for a West Coast team. Uh they're in a division where two teams are changing quarterbacks with the 49ers and Seahawks. The Cardinals are going to have their best offensive player for six weeks. And it just feels like the Rams are the best team in the division. And, 
you know, you look at what they did last year, and it just feels like they should be able to do that again this year. And they got to what? What they do? Twelve and five last year. I yeah. feel like they can do twelve and five again. I would I would lean towards the over for the Rams. Okay, we didn't disagree. That's not good. Well, I mean, I just think the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be start as hot as they did last year. Right. I think the Seahawks are not going to be very good. And you know, I mean, they have a hard schedule, but this is a really good football team. Unless I don't buy into the Matthew Stafford major injury concerns. I do buy into like he has elbow soreness. That dude will play through anything. So I will take the over here. But I'm not going. I would not be one of my best bets just because it's a bigger number. But like I would rather take the over on the Rams ten and a half than the over Packers eleven. I think. You know, because like 11 is a win versus 11 is a push is a huge, huge difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I feel a lot better about the Rams yeah. than it, it seems like the Rams are almost a lock to get to 11 as long as Matthew Stafford stays healthy. But that that elbow is the big question because that starts uh, hurting him, you know, week three and all of a sudden he can't throw 40 yards downfield like somebody on this podcast, <laughs> me, uh, then that could change up their offense. That, they could struggle. Uh <laughs> The 49ers, San Francisco 49ers over under 10, minus 110 on each side. I feel like a pretty similar team. It's basically, do you believe in Trey? Like, what, what concerns you more, Matthew Stafford's elbow or Trey, or Trey Lance's ability to play? I mean, I believe in Trey Lance. I believe in Kyle Shanahan. I believe in this defense. I believe in the offensive weapons they have. I think this over is a very good bet at 10. I don't, I don't think this is a 9 win team. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I just, I, when I went through my standings, I've been finishing 10 and seven. This is the only team that finished on the mark of what the over under was. So I'm not sure which way I lean here. I don't, I believe, I don't know what I think about Trey Lance. I'm just not sold on him, but Kyle Shanahan clearly is. Or is he not? I mean, I I think the fact that they have Jimmy is kind of a fail safe makes me feel a lot better about the over here. And if they have to go to Jimmy, yes, it's a problem for the for the regime that they that the trade lane thing isn't working out. But it's not a problem for your over under if they have to go to him because you know you have a chance to catch it. They start at Chicago, Seattle at home, at Denver, L.A. at home, the Rams at home. Excuse me, at Carolina, at the Falcons. Like that's should be four wins right there. I think they split with the Rams. They play the Chiefs at home. So let's say they lose at Denver, split with the Rams, and lose to the Chiefs. You're still one, two. Well, and real quick with the Chiefs four, game, that's five. that's a, that Chiefs game is in I think week seven. Yeah, and so that starts a stretch of Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, where that you have those are three yeah. straight games, which all could very well be losses. Yeah, but also could all very well be wins. No, they're not winning all three of those. I mean, yeah, but they could. I mean, they could go two and one of those. That's not insane. Yeah, they might get two and one. Oh man, they just got. I like the. There's a path. I like the over. I like the Forty Nineers over. DeAndre Hopkins will be back for both games, which stinks for the Forty ers that they did not get either yeah. of their games against the Cardinals in the first six weeks of the season. Yeah, I, I, I just think that that half a game matters a ton to me. Because I mean, like you know, you go ten and seven and you push. You go ten and seven with the Rams and you lose your entire bet. Like that's right. this is such a massive difference. So I'll take the over on uh, on the Forty ers there. You know what, Brinson? Just so we're different, at least one team I will take the under. Okay. Over under Arizona Cardinals. 
nine. The under is minus 140. The over plus 118. Clearly, uh, there's a belief that the Cardinals are prepared to take a step back. I believe they started eight and eight, eight and over eight and one last year. So, what's a you, Breach? Arizona Cardinals over under. Odds makers are daring us to take the under, and I'm going to take the dare. They're I'm going to take the over. Well, I, I'm not taking the over. That's that's all I can say. They're, 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 daring you, they're begging you not to take the under. They're like, this, I, I have no. I have no faith in this team. It oh. is you look at their schedule. They start off with Chiefs, Raiders, and Rams. They could start off zero and three. I mean, remember, it, it, remember, this team is Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray notoriously come out hot and then fade down the stretch. But now they don't have DeAndre Hopkins to start, and their schedule is outside of the at Carolina in Week Four, and then Seattle at Seattle in Week Six. So, like their their schedule is very difficult to start. Yeah, and and then you look at the fact that, you know, you mentioned how hot they come out every year. It's literally like the NFL schedule makers like, you know, we're going to pour some ice cold water on your hot starts because that's why we're going to give you these three very difficult games to start the year. Uh, And if they start one and two or oh and three, you know, this was a team. Sure, Kyler Murray got a huge contract. There was a lot of drama. And if Kyler Murray doesn't look great those first three games, I think this team implodes because it's one of those situations where. Uh, he already wasn't getting along with them. And then the Cardinals are already regretting giving him $230 million and they're asking for a refund on the contract. And I just think this is a situation that could blow up pretty quickly. I agree completely. And it's the back half of their schedule after their buy. Pats at home at Denver bucks at home at Atlanta at San Francisco. Oof. Like that reeks of a cliff Kingsbury collapse. And then going into the bye, the three games are at the Rams, 49ers at home, Chargers at home. 49ers in really Mexico. Schedule. I, I think the unders are good. I mean, I, I think I prefer the under here versus the over. Like, I think this this might be the best NFC West bet. 49ers game is in New Mexico, not at home. Oh, good call. Thank you. Just to be clear. The, in the Estadio Azteca. In so are we both going under? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, then I feel like this, is a, this might be... Like, I hope we disagree on every AFC team tomorrow. I mean, I just feel like the, I mean, what are you worried about? No, just for instance, if we agree on everything, it's all going to blow up in our face. That means that the NFL's duped us. Stu in the chat points out Kingsbury gets canned this year. I don't know. I mean, I don't see how he just got an extension. extension. Kyler got a contract extension. Like, I don't see how you blow it up after. Man, what a weird set up i don't i don't see how you can give him an extension in march and then say yeah. right and, and the cardinals are kind of like the Bengals and that they a don't frugal, want to be tank yes yeah it's very frugal they're, they're, they're not firing kingsbury not this year maybe next year yeah i mean that can, that's that that contract could look really and he signed through 2027 so it's not like you know it's not like he signed a short extension yeah um all right finally in the nfc the seattle seahawks over under six, the under minus one fifty five, the over six, the over six plus one thirty five. No faith, no business. Ryan Wilson likes to say, taking the under or the over here for Vegas. Uh, of course, the forty nine, excuse me, the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson this offseason. It appears as if they're trying to be the 2010, 2011 Seahawks, where they. Like try to steal their way to seven, eight, nine wins. 
Um, Denver to open at home, the Russell Wilson revenge game. Then they're at the 49ers, Atlanta at home, at Detroit, at New Orleans, Arizona at home to start, at, Lo- at the Chargers, the Giants at home. It's like, if they're going to get to seven wins or eight, or if they're going to get above six wins, you have to beat Atlanta. Yeah, hey, okay. Man, this. So the games you have to win if you are the Seahawks, I think. You have the Atlanta at home, Arizona at home, the Giants at home, Raiders at home, Panthers at home, and Jets at home. Does that seem fair? I don't know about the Raiders. I think the Jets, yes, the Falcons, Lions, and Giants. Like, in your head, you have to think, we can beat those four teams, and then we need to eke out three more wins somewhere. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? I mean, that opener is everyone's going to be picking Denver. I like the Seahawks to do something weird in that. And that would, you know, like when we saw uh, Jared Goff, the Lions go back into L.A., and the Rams were just a huge favorite. And it was like, uh, the Lions have no chance. And they threw the kitchen sink at them and took the lead early in that game and kept it close. Pete, and Pete, just, there's nothing that Pete Carroll would love more than taking out Russell Wilson in his first game. As a, like, like that is this is like Pete, Seattle Super Bowl week one. Exactly. And this the line's is, like it, three and a half. It's really stinky. And it's one of those things where if the Seahawks were to pull the upset, that kind of changes the narrative of it's then it's next week. Well, if they beat the Broncos, could they beat the 49ers? And if they beat the 49ers, they have the Falcons and Lions coming up. And then well, you can just keep it close against the Niners on the road. If they beat the, if they beat the Broncos and 49ers to start the season, it's like, whoa, this is just maybe a playoff team. Right, exactly. So, and, and you know, they weren't horrible when Geno Smith was quarterback last season while Russell Wilson was out. I mean, they played, I think he went, what, one and two? Um, but they were all... Yeah, I, think, I think they are going to drag every team they play into the mud. And for and just like just slow possessions, run the ball a ton. Maybe takes you take some shots down the field when when you get the opportunity. Don't turn the ball over, and then force every team they play to be hyper efficient on offense. And if the defense is a lot better than anybody's expecting, all of a sudden there, you know, there's, there's just a formula there where you can have a bunch of close games. And if, if, if a couple of them go your way, all of a sudden you win eight games and people are given like, like if Pete Carroll wins nine or 10 games, he's coach of the year. Yeah. And that formula you're talking about, we got a taste of it when Gino was playing last year. I mean, we're talking about, uh, they played the Steelers. Gino Smith is the starter that I think the I'm looking at the Steelers were five point favorites. Seahawks ended up losing in overtime <clears throat> 23 to 20. Then the next week was a primetime game against the Saints, where the Saints, again, I think were four and a half or five-point favorites. And they did exactly what you said. Don't turn the ball over. Low-scoring slugfest. And they ended up losing 13 to 10. But again, those are two three-point losses that they very easily could have won in games they were supposed to lose. And so I think, like you were saying, that's a 2011 recipe. And that is probably what we're going to see a lot of from the Seahawks this year. Yep. But we're both going under? Uh, I'm going over. Ooh. There we go, Reach. We'll close out with a disagreement. Right. Uh, it's not going to be a best bet, but I, that's um, that's going to be um, that's going to be. It's not going to be a best bet, but I will take the the over on that. One. All right. So, what are your? I, I have my list. Do you want me to go first, or do you want? Um, let's go with. I have two. I have three overs and two unders, so I did five. Okay. Um, I'm you do. I've got. Either 
three unders and two overs, or I'm trying to decide on the last one. Um, you go first then. All right. I'm going to do my overs and you do your overs. Okay. And we might uh, have some of the same ones. These are our best Eagle. bets. This is recapping our, our five, our three, our, we each have five, right? Yes. Our five best bets. We're going to start with our three over best bets for the NFC win totals, regular season win totals this year. And this is going to be quick because we already talked about each one of these teams. Uh, Eagles over under is nine and a half. I love the over. That's the best I'm bet. On the, I'm on that over as well. So consensus, right. five-star breach, Brinson and lock. Ooh, the diamond lock of the week. All right. My century of the season. I also like the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, no. Double diamond lock of the week. No, you have them too. That's another over. Yeah. And then I know you don't have this one because you were so hesitant, but the other over I love is the Carolina Panthers. All right. So the the other one I was flopping between was the Cardinals under or the 49ers over. I think I'm going to take the 49ers over. Instead, so I've got the Eagles, Vikings, and Niners overs as my three overs, and then you have the Eagles, Vikings, and Panthers overs. What are your? If you want, if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening, you want to tweet us, send us your best uh, list, your three to five best bets for the NFC. Um, what are your two unders that you've got breach? My two unders are one you just mentioned, the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are winning seven games, so I think they're going way under that nine. Uh, so that's one of my unders and the other one we talked about, uh, I said, I hate betting against Tom Brady, but I'm going to do it. Wow. I'm taking the Buccaneers under 11 and a half. It's interesting too, because when you do it, when you have five of them, you inherently have to correlate them. You have to correlate right. at least one. Uh, only what you have two that are correlated. The night. Uh, no, no, no. You have the Buccaneers and Panthers. Buccaneers and Panthers are correlated, which is not a, um, like if the, if the if the Panthers beat the Bucks once, that is a massive boost to your. And I think the Buccaneers are a playoff team. I think they're going to win ten or eleven games. I just don't think they're going to win twelve. Right. Um, my two unders are the lowest unders, I believe, on the on the board. The Bears under six and the Falcons Ooh. under five. Um, you can get to five wins. Like NFL teams can stumble into five or six wins sometimes, just randomly, just the way that like you know football works. It's an oblong oblong shape, you know, leather ball inflated with a bunch of air. And it about takes funny bounces. Um, but those two rosters to me just do not look like competitive teams. So I will take the under on those. The honorable mention for me, Cardinals under nine and Saints over eight and a half. All right. I like that's the it. Great stuff, Breach. Those are our NFC best bets. We'll be back tomorrow or Monday, depending on when you're listening or watching, with the AFC best bet win totals. For Breach, I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later. Later.